uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. Toughness, enthusiasm. Oh man, everybody is competing as we are in the playoffs and we really get to see whose spirit is hard to be matched. It is that great time of the year. A lot of high quality football games going on. There's still enough football left that we don't have to fear about the offseason and being without football. So it is still a pretty happy time here. Of course, I am Jemp with Pro Football Jokes here for another podcast. Joined the two-man pod today. Joined with the freaking beast, Alex himself. Alex, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, a good week of football. Uh, just just good to watch some stress-free football. Not even to worry about your team playing because, uh, you know, it's boring just to watch a football team win every week. So yeah. it's good to get a break from that. It's been good to be stress-free for, you know – 12 weeks, 16 weeks. So it's been pretty nice. Uh, But another thing, another perfect uh, chance for a public service announcement here. Just wanted to to let everybody know. I know people are huge fans of our Pick'em each and every year, but uh, we do have to officially say that there is a COVID asterisk on this year's uh, Pick'em. So please don't read too much into the winners or more importantly, do not read too much into who is absolutely abysmal at the Pick'em this year. Uh, just go ahead and throw all those results out. Yeah, it clearly doesn't matter. Like we were more focused on the real problems. Like the people who are doing well probably like don't even care about COVID. Exactly. We are here for the people and for the jokes, always of first and foremost. Uh, but since we <laughs> are here for the people, we got to give the people what they want, and that is to break down some of this playoff football. I think probably well, doesn't say with the most anticipated matchup for was but I was pretty stoked to see the best defense go against arguably the best offense in the NFL of course seeing Aaron Donald and his just robotic nature to play through anything going against uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers uh obviously the Packers got the job done uh the Rams defense tried but uh, was on the field for I think far too long in this game and kind of got worn down there uh what did you really see in that game here now with the Packers moving on uh, yeah, it was not a great showing by the Rams defense, honestly. I, 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 I was expecting a little bit more, but Aaron Donald clearly not himself. He didn't, he was on the sideline the whole bunch. And when he was on, on the field, he didn't do too much. Um, clearly not a hundred percent. Um, and that, that showed the, like the Packers just went up and down the field and the, I mean, they, they, the Rams offense wasn't even that bad. I don't, I don't think I know usually Jared Goff is the reason they lose, but he was fine. Um, but the Packers just had a bunch of long drive short in the game and they, they dominated this game. I, I don't think any of us really expected the Rams to, to make a run here. I mean, maybe they get lucky in this game and pull the upset, but it, it wasn't happening for them. Yeah, they just couldn't good. I mean, Goff was was fine, you know, like not an embarrassment. It wasn't a destruction. It just wasn't going to go their way. And we kind of knew that, uh, especially with Donald going down. They really needed just to have an absurdly dominant front uh, to to have a good chance in that game. And it just never, never got to materialize, never really got to happen. Green Bay was kind of humming it. I mean, they looked good, and so, I mean, that's reason to to be confident if you're a Green Bay fan going forward, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think they were challenged. I didn't see them rise above a challenge and just be simply better. It seemed like L.A. was 
just outmatched on paper, especially with those injuries knocking them down. Yeah, they they couldn't get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Um, so uh, and he, which was a little surprising, especially with David Bakhtiari out. I mean, they've still protected Rodgers very well since since he went down. Um, but you know, you you would have expected that Rams front. Um, you know, I I didn't expect Aaron Donald to be hundred percent, but better he do a little more than he did and you know some of the was hoping you know some of the other guys might step up you know leonard floyd or somebody uh you know michael brockers played fairly well but he's not really like an elite pass rusher so yeah it was just a, a tough day for them um i think the packers were the better team and they uh advanced to the nfc championship game yeah absolutely uh, one last note on the Rams here with Jared Goff's performance, you know, trying to play through that thumb and last week coming out of the reserves to help uh, help his team. I, I can't say will his team to a win since he didn't necessarily do all that much. But how do you feel as a if there are Rams fans out there listening with Jared Goff going forward? They got him under contract. Is he going to be their guy or do they need to somehow find a way to move on from him sooner rather than later? I mean, I, I try to move on from him if I can. Uh, you know, I think it'd be fun to see Sean McVay with like a, a real quarterback. I think, you know, he's he's in this game watching, you know, his protege, Matt LaFleur, you know, thrive with uh, with Aaron Rodgers and probably a little jealous there. I feel like, uh, you know, if Sean McVay had a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he'd be he'd be flying high. Yeah. Uh, imagine putting uh, Jared Goff in uh, Taylor Heineke's position. Uh, I think the game goes significantly, significantly worse for the Washington football team. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably true. They should, is, the Rams yes. should uh, trade everything for Taylor Heineke. Which is absolutely nuts that that's the case. But, uh, I mean, oh, geez, yeah, no, nah, it'll be tough with the contract they gave. And, I mean, I've heard it said in a few different places, but, I mean, you got Sean McVay, which is he's kind of a quarterback maker. Like obviously Jared Goff was uh, a laughing stock until Sean McVay got there and kind of turned around the offense and made him be able to play in it. But it wasn't sheer. It wasn't like a Jared Allen type, uh, uh, Josh Allen uh, improvement in skill right. level. It was, it was coaching that really um, brought it out of him. So it's kind of tough to pay the guy who's not necessarily gotten any better, just happens to have a better situation uh, and, and then kind of got themselves stuck. So we'll see if they can get out of it, but They'll at least be a good team, and that might hold them back from being a great team. Uh, looking at another matchup of tremendous quarterbacks, just elite arm strength on display between Tampa Bay and New Orleans. The ball is flying all the way around in this game. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. What did you make out of those two rocket arm quarterbacks? Uh, well, if you're talking about Jameis Winston as one of them, I thought uh, thought he was great. Uh, I did call you know, that before the game. Perfect, perfect passer rating in this one. I mean, just just unbelievable how he's you know Jameis Winston trying to get the revenge, but uh, couldn't quite outdo Tom Brady. Um, you know, he he did he did try to you know teach Drew Brees some of his tricks, uh, and Drew Brees. Uh, Ruby's learned and threw a bunch of bunch of interceptions. Well, so. he forgot he was supposed to have equal number picks and touchdowns. He just focused yeah. on the picks. Yeah, he was like, Jameis, you take care of the touchdowns, I'll take <laughs> care of the picks. Um Yeah, so it, it it wasn't great for the Saints. Um I think you know the the difference in skill level between Drew Brees and Tom Brady at this point is pretty pretty jarring because 
Tom Brady, like you can see him be a very good quarterback. I mean, he's he's definitely the worst quarterback left in the playoffs right now, but that's not saying much with you know Aaron Rodgers, Josh oh, Allen, Patrick <laughs> Chad, Chad <laughs> Um But yeah, no, I I think uh, like he's I think he's been like a top seven quarterback this year um, for sure. Uh, like yeah, he's he's playing really well. Uh, you know, he misses some throws. Um, I think that he was having some downfield struggles. That's not typically his thing, but you know, he, he still can make all the throws is the thing. And Drew Brees just can't, uh, it's kind of a moot point at this point. Cause I, I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that Drew Brees is going to retire. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think Tom Brady's still, still going strong, going to his 14th, uh, you know, title game so uh that's pretty good <laughs> that is not a joke for the record i know we make a lot of jokes but <laughs> that is not go see our old patriots super bowl uh podcast when i got to reference all nine super bowls and kept getting them all confused it's insane yeah. <laughs> he also has uh, his 32 playoff wins so yeah seriously great number of wins unfortunately he's likely to get more but if he, he should, retire, should retire right now just retire as is drew Brees, i think has nine playoff wins i think about or that. he could he could lose uh nine straight playoff games so he'd have to play nine more seasons but, <laughs> uh, and then he'd be 32 and 20 you might do it oh, gosh that is just absolutely insane he's won two full seasons of football in the playoffs like that's that's nuts <laughs> just insane yeah think how much fo- how many football games like he's played with when you include his playoff games he's played so many <laughs> playoff games and played for so long and you think about it too like i mean with those playoff games like he he earned buys so like he could have played around yeah. too like he just kind of play. if you were to add that in i'm sure he's gotten something like eight or nine buys so he could throw in those kind of as at least half games like it's incredible what uh he's accomplished here and uh yeah like you said it, he's obviously the worst quarterback left but you're going against Aaron Rodgers potentially Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen like the the top 3 quarterbacks in the league uh so there's no no harm there and i mean you can't can't pretend that quarterbacks don't matter if your team doesn't have a quarterback i mean look at the top 4 teams left like <laughs> you, you just don't stand <laughs> Yeah, and really, like the Saints were basically the last good defense left in the NFL and the in the playoffs. The Rams too, but I mean, when when the Saints were playing, I was like, yeah. this is pretty much the the last good defense left. Uh, the you know all the defenses left are are fine. They're kind of average defenses, um, and just four really really good offenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who do you think could throw the ball further in their final season, Drew Brees or Payne Manning? Ooh, that's a good, good question. I know who looked uh, worse doing it. I can tell you that, but yeah, for for sure, I think Peyton could throw it farther. Just uh, be a little wob- more wobbly. Just ugly as all get out, but it was there <laughs> one day or the other. Yeah. Oh man, golly, that it is, it is tough to see. And I mean, obviously, Peyton was able to ride out in the sunset of a you know Super Bowl win, but I mean, it's not like Drew Brees just tanked and had no success. I mean, he. He also wasn't just like older. He he smashed every single rib in his body, like uh, pretty much a week ago, and is, yeah. is still battling <laughs> through that. So he, that guy was pretty tough, and it's kind of unfortunate uh, for the team. 
that he wasn't able to give it his all. We also see Michael Thomas being hurt and it's, it's a shame that he wasn't able to really give his all this season. But the Saints will have some interesting roster moves. I think James Winston will actually be a good quarterback going for them forward with some Taysom Hill action on the side. It'll be kind of fun to see. Uh, but good win by Tampa Bay. I mean, starting off slow, but managing to keep New Orleans out of the end zone on the first couple drives. Uh, really stopped New Orleans from getting into a rhythm, I think. And then as Tampa Bay settled in, they uh, they just took it home. Yeah, rough uh, rough end to this kind of era for the Saints, assuming Drew Brees retires. And even if he doesn't, I, I don't know, because the, the Saints are $100 million over the cap going into next season. Not um, I'm not as much of a math guy as Alex here, but he has let me know that that is not a good position to be in. Yeah, negative. Uh, they're they're about negative ninety nine million. I apologize, um, but uh, you know it's uh, it's not ideal. This is uh, in Madden 07 where we just you know offer everybody seven year <laughs> contracts and hope that the cap number goes down. But uh, yeah, I think they're gonna have to make some cuts. And you know they've they've been like a really good team for the past like five years or so, and they just keep suffering horrendous playoff losses. The the Minneapolis miracle and then the, oh, the blown PI call at the for the Rams. Uh, these past two years, I guess, haven't been like as you know as notable losses. Just, just tough. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. But a, a fun win for Tampa. I, I mean, I don't know how confident that makes them going into playing against Green Bay. I mean, obviously they they took them out pretty easily early in the year, but uh, we'll see if Tampa is able to keep. Uh, control the ball and, and put up enough points to hang with Green Bay because I do think they'll get more pressure on uh, Aaron Rodgers than L.A. did, but at the same time, I don't expect it to be at the same level they got uh, the first time around. So that should be a pretty fun high-scoring battle between the, the two of those teams and a couple greats going at it of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm hoping that Tom can, can keep Aaron away from another Super Bowl attempt, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I we'll, we'll see where uh, we're going to preview that one a little later. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep. So let's go then over to the uh, AFC side of things. We watched a, a fun matchup of what we thought are two high octane offenses between Baltimore and Buffalo. Uh, somehow, uh, only scored twenty points between them here, and, and really, <laughs> it really should have been twenty points between them, but uh, seven points more going to Baltimore and seven less to Buffalo. Obviously the the gigantic pick six that uh, took the sales out of Baltimore. I mean, we clearly know the real reason they lost is someone put a spell on their team powerful enough to mess with uh, Justin Tucker's kicking. Like that's insane. Yeah. That, that was uh, probably the most surprising thing I've seen in the playoffs, but uh... I mean, easily between the two, if you would have said out of these three things, what's like the least likely to happen. Drew Brees throws three picks. Chad Henney wins a football game. Justin Tucker misses two kicks. I would have said, well, the Tucker thing doesn't happen. I can see Chad Henne winning a game over the Browns. Uh, and like, I don't think Drew Brees would throw three picks, but that's got to be more likely. And yet still, he did it. For sure. I Yeah, I, it was a rough rough week for kickers, for high-end kickers, because uh, Tucker missed two kicks. I think Butker missed two kicks. Uh, yeah. Will Lutz missed one. Uh, I think he missed one last week, too. So, you know, it just hasn't been a good playoff for these uh, these kickers. It's it's tough out there, I would imagine. But it's kind of fun when you see Justin Tucker's like, he's as surprised as all of us when he misses. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not He's my like, what? <laughs> Wait, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Which is pretty great. You know, he's got the confidence. He's going to bounce back from it real quick. And it's not the only reason they lost, but that, that definitely takes wind out of their sails when you don't have those six more points and you're not getting a lead or you're not staying in as quite as close. And uh, it just can make it a whole, a whole lot tougher when you're not coming away with points. Even in the, the KC game, he mentioned the, the missed field goal, like after the pick, it's just kind of deflating on those chances when you expect points and don't end up walking away with it. But uh, Baltimore, again, their, their defense plays really well against a great offense. They they run the ball okay, but they just when they're forced to need the pass game, it's just not there. What do you see as the issue with that Baltimore offense? Why can't they get anything going through the air? Well, I I mean, first of all, they just don't have a lot of people to catch the ball. I mean, Hollywood Brown has played a lot better these past few weeks down the stretch run. Um, but even you know, even if even when he's playing well, there's still not much behind him. Um, and, the Lions uh, will trade them Jesse James. Yeah, that's uh, that'll solve pick. all their issues. And you'll Ravens see like their tight ends, so I wouldn't be surprised if they they got a tight end like that. But um, yeah, I mean, also I just don't think that's like what Lamar is good at passing the football. I mean, not that he's like you know an incapable passer like Tim Tebow, but. He's he's whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, his main has one more playoff games or as many playoff games. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Lamar Lamar's main asset is running the football, which is a huge asset. Um, but I I don't see him elevating this passing game, you know, without using his legs, which again is not really a a problem, um, except when the other team is just shutting down the run game and then this team can't get anything going. Uh, I I don't think it's a huge issue. You know, maybe they would have been able to get back from this game if Lamar hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, they got started to get going with Tyler Huntley in that drive and just couldn't quite convert. And, you know, obviously maybe things are different if, uh, if Lamar doesn't throw that pick six. Um, But, you know, they're, they're built, on good defense in the running game. And it what just wasn't happening today. I mean, they their defense was ridiculous. They held the Bills, which were one of the best offenses in the NFL, to 10 points, basically. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, they they outgained them by like 100 yards, I think. The Bills had like 220 yards. Um, so it's the, the Ravens were right in this game. I expected this game to have a lot more offense. Uh, I think it started out like, pretty uh pretty offensive actually the first few drives you know both teams were kind of moving up and down the field but there was like a stall in the red zone and there were the missed kicks um so there weren't a lot of points scored um but then then everything just kind of stopped in the second half and the bills managed just to walk away with the win yeah, and I think that's kind of comforting for for Buffalo fans. Uh, I mean, obviously they made the giant play, which would have almost uh, you know given them fifty percent more yards if it counted that way of the hundred one yard interception return. Uh, but like they haven't played their great brand of football, but they're also two and zero in the playoffs. Like right. uh, they haven't had their great game yet, but they've still beaten two good teams. Like Indy came out firing, and they're able to weather that storm. Baltimore came out and just kind of stifled their offense, and yet they were able to do what they needed to to win. Uh, and, of course, they're going to want to and really need to play their best football 
going against Kansas City. Uh, but hopefully there's some encouragement on that end, some confidence of they they really are a special team that they've been able to win two games in the playoffs without playing their absolute best football. Uh, and I truly don't know if we're actually going to get to see it, which is kind of a shame. Uh, I, I thought we really would have seen some some more life out of their offense in this game, which would give me more confidence going into next week. But uh, they they really got to be sharp uh, on that side of the ball if they expect to to win. For sure. I mean, you can't beat Chad Henney without, you know, putting up 40. So absolutely not, especially with Henney taking those deep shots. Yeah. I think Buffalo is going to be ready for it the way Cleveland was with six guys waiting for the ball to pick it off. <laughs> that was a tough throw, tough throw for Chad. But if they would not have had that bad penalty beforehand, he would have never made such a silly decision. It's true. He, he just uh, wanted to keep the game interesting. Yeah, so let's let's shift to that game. Let's talk to Cleveland against uh, Kansas City here, of course. Another one where we expected probably a few more points to be scored, and yet it was a pretty tame 22-17 to 17 final uh, there. Patrick Mahomes looked a little off with his foot, and then, of course, the unfortunate injury. Uh, prayers going up that uh, everybody would love to see him healthy. Everybody wants to see him. He's probably the unanimously like most favorite player, most fun-to-watch player in the league, even though there are some great players to watch. Uh, and uh, hopefully he'll be back. If not, you got Chad Henney that actually did some things really well uh, in his little stint. Uh, of course, the one throw is just so bad that it, it makes it seem like he's incompetent. But actually, <laughs> I think he can he can play a little bit of football. There's a reason why he's stuck around in the league so long as a backup, and uh, that actually they had some confidence in him to, to seal the game. They put the ball in his hands kind of like they would for Patrick Mahomes, which is insane. Um, but uh, Cleveland, of course, when they when they punted, uh, I I'm, I'm sure they completely expected to get the ball back. They're like, this is just Chad Henney. But even still, KC is so good at closing out these games. I know everyone hasn't been like as impressed um, by their dominance. They've had to fight back in games, but they can do that. They keep doing that, and the way that they're able to close out with their offense. Andy Reid knows, like, hey, my strength is my offense. So we're going to win it here with my offense. And he does it better than anybody else in the league. So, I mean, even though uh, they, they of course really need Mahomes if they want to be special, uh, they still have a confidence to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was a, a ridiculous way to close out the game. I mean, I think Tony Romo just lost his mind on that fourth and inches play. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was great, but uh, I, First, I want to go back to to the the punt by the Browns. Uh, you know, with with you know what was like four minutes left, um, but they only had one timeout is the thing. And I know it was fourth and nine; they were in their own territory. But I mean, you, you uh, to me, you're an, the Browns are an offensive team. Their defense hadn't hasn't been good, you know, all season really. Uh, I I just don't think it's a very good defense at all. I know Chad Henney's back there, and you're expecting to get a stop, um, but why not? Why not go for it on fourth and nine? Like the worst case scenario, you don't get it. You can still get a stop, force them to kick a field goal, which is no guarantee in that those wins. Um, you know, uh, Butker has, had already missed two. Uh, could have been a long field goal if you didn't let them gain yards. Um, and then even if they make it, it's still an eight point game. So I, I just would have liked to see them give their offense another chance. Um, I don't think, you know, it's a huge mistake. Like, I don't think, you know, it's not crazy. Fancy can, yeah, it's not crazy. 
but I just I just disagree with the decision. Yeah, I, I it, and obviously, I mean, it's easy to say when it when it didn't work right. out. But I mean, you're like you're saying, it's it's not a crazy thing. I what honestly, I think is huge is on that little pass. I mean, he was good defended. He he swung it out to Kareem Hunt, and Hunt bobbled it. Like imagine yeah. if he doesn't bobble. I'm not saying he gets the first down, but if he doesn't bobble that, there's no way he doesn't get three, four yards, five yards. Um, yeah, I think if it's fourth and five or less, like they're like, for sure going I for it. I truly think that bobble is what made him lose count because he didn't gain any yards because he had to catch it, which he did a good job still catching it, but then was immediately tackled. And uh, it's unfortunate because it was a decently thrown ball, and and he's a tremendous player at catching those balls and making a move in the flat. And uh, like I, when I watched that live, I was just like nuts. I, I was going crazy about that bobble in the moment because I was like, that really took away their confidence to keep that thing moving. Cause they, when you hit fourth and nine, like that just seems so far on your own side. Like I'm not surprised they punted, but I know like Kansas city was happy that they were punting. They wanted the ball back. And like you said, Cleveland's offense is what could scare you there. Uh, but I think, I think Stefanski's going to learn from it. Like you said, it's not a Matt Patricia. I'm losing my mind. Fireable offense, but I think he's going to learn perhaps maybe a few different ways. He could have his, his best plays ready to go there on that drive, knowing that, Pretty much no matter what, we don't want to punt. We're going for the win on this drive. Let's let's call it. Let's set ourselves up for fourth downs uh, if we need to. But didn't quite uh, didn't quite get yeah. it. Yeah, uh, and granted, like I again, like I don't. I think I came to this conclusion like a little bit after the the punt actually happened. You know, because even in the moment, I was like, "How ah, do you punt it here? I'm not sure." So you know, he has like ten seconds to make this yeah. call. I, I I don't blame him for. Especially with that clock being north of four minutes, you just really feel like you'll 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 get that stop there. But it, yeah. it's tough. You gotta know the coach you're going against on the other side. He's not scared to, to go for it on fourth and one, knowing he's got the fastest human being on the planet. Uh, and of course, I mean, people like to again they, they miss the they miss the helmet to helmet call there on the fumble through the end zone. Like it sucks. Uh, you really don't want to see a play miss like that. And, it, and what even sucks more is you're reviewing the play for 20 minutes and you can see the problem but they're powerless to, to fix it. And uh, that, that is kind of the curse of instant replay is it will clear some things up and it'll also piss a bunch of people off. And uh, I think there's ways to do it better, but it'll never be perfect. Speaking as a Lions fan, they'll always find a way to hurt you uh, <laughs> no matter what, what happens. So uh, yeah, the, the, the other thing that the Browns I think did wrong though, is just after Patrick Mahomes went out, like they just went way too slow on offense. Cause you know, like Tony Romo was talking. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they had like the huge long drive, but I'm like, I know their game plan going in was like, we want to shorten the game. We want to run the ball. We want to, you know, dink and dunk and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. But as soon as Patrick Mahomes goes out, you got to change that strategy. You want as many possessions as possible. Cause you are now the better better offense and you can score more consistently if you have but you give yourself a bigger margin for error the more possessions are in the game Um, and they just kind of didn't give themselves a lot of possessions and then they just don't score on that one drive and that's the difference yeah that's a great great point because yeah it was an 18 play 75 yards eight minutes and 17 seconds of game time to score that touchdown they got one more possession with seven plays for 12 yards and a punt like that's a great point. Like you got to be ready to, to shift. Cause if again, Patrick Mahomes is in the game, those are the drives that you want. Those can be those game winners. But when you're trailing and now suddenly they have uh, Chad Henney, who we all know is, is a beast, but doesn't necessarily have the same clout as a 
MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Slightly yeah. different. You know, not not quite in his prime anymore when we were scared of him like that. It's coming up here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that that's a great point that they really should have been able to speed that up. And, yeah, who knows? Uh, again, it was a great drive for a touchdown. Just was just uh, a little too late. I saw that word. He, he just – but they, uh, man, that's just wild for the for the Browns. I mean, I, Browns fans can be happy. Like you actually have a, a very fun team to root for to watch. Baker Mayfield actually showed some things that he's uh, doesn't need to be just a handoff quarterback. He can primarily be a handoff quarterback, uh, and that's a, a good thing for them because he's not uh, not hurting you like some other uh, quarterbacks we've uh, talked about already today. <laughs> to get better who knows what odell beckham will do for him when he comes back uh i mean in theory should make them better but they have played better without him i don't know how that's as possible as it is but that's that's what's been true and i mean kansas city uh if they can get back healthy i think they're going to have all their swagger back but of course it's all all on where where's Mahomes at feeling and uh and, and really starts starts from there they'll come out they'll be better than they were in week 17 where they didn't really care played nobody with chad henney if he has to start here in the championship game but you don't necessarily like your odds going against a, a team as good as buffalo without your your uh, stud quarterback in there maybe they can run some you know patrick mahomes uh chad henney you know make it their version of Taysom hill and drew Brees in in that way chad yeah henney takes off for 13 and a half yards every time it'd be great uh, I, I did also want to get your take on, you know, the, the touchback uh, in the first half, you know, that, that, that also obviously swung the game with Baker, Baker throwing a great strike would have cut the, cut the lead to, you know, a touchdown less than a touchdown um, with, you know, a minute, minute and change left in the, in the first half. Um, but instead Rashard Higgins tries to reach for the goal line, fumbles it out of the back of the end zone. Uh do you do you think the rule gets changed this off season or looked at at least? I mean, it's going to get looked at just because there's a lot of noise for sure. Uh, but thinking about it here, of course, the helmet to helmet, we're removing that. Just the the pure right. the, the rule part of it. Uh, like as it stands right now, that currently is the rule. Like even if you hate it, like that is the rule. So I mean, teams need to be disciplined. Players need to know to not stretch for the goal line in that in that circumstance when, I mean, everything in your body tells you to stretch for it, but there has to be training. There has to be discipline not to, because it wasn't necessary. That's not a fourth down. There's not zero seconds on the clock uh, to stretch out for that. Uh, and it has such a big potential to swing the game in that way. And I, I truly like the rule partially because I'm used to it. That's all I've known. Uh, undoubtedly. That's why I like it. Uh, but even more so than that, the end zones are, I mean, it's a vital part of the field. Like, again, when you're backed up against your own end zone, if I throw an intentional grounding in my end zone, it's or there's a holding penalty in it, that's a, that's a safety. If I, you know, lions it or Lofsky it and run out the back of the end zone, that's a safety. It's two points that really swings. Like, there are those boundaries there. And when the defense is backed up in that way, there's so much going against them uh, that it kind of creates one last little hope, one more big thing. We don't see it all the time. It's not something that's ruining the game because every game right. – Downs are being taken off the board. It's such a big deal because it doesn't really happen. Uh, and I think there's something too. And there's nothing else. I've tried to play for play with it a little bit. Like, what else would you do with it? Would you make it a a 20 yard penalty in a loss of down so the ball goes to the 20 yard line? And it's the next down. Like, how? Like, what would you do instead of 
because it didn't roll out. The ball doesn't roll out of bounds. It, it rolls out the end zone. Like there's a huge dis- different distinction. So I'm I'm all for it, even though it, it can be crushing. Right. Yeah. No. I I'm, I'm kind of split on this. I don't know. I and on the one hand, like I don't think the rule, you know, has. Uh, yeah, it's there's not a lot of logic to the rule, um, but I do think it's like one last ditch attempt for a defense to try and get a turnover, um, and especially you know if you're fumbling into the end zone, then the defense would have a chance to recover that if it's going out of bounds. And I don't know, I I, I can see it both ways. I I kind of like it as a, as a way for the defense to, you know, have something going for it, you know, some rule that, you know, gives the defense a chance to make a play. And and this is a big play for the defense. I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing. It does just kind of swing the game though. Um, So when they're like reaching for the goal line, that's when it gets a little dicey, especially if, you know, they fumble it, you know, one yard earlier and it goes out of bounds right in front of the end zone. It's just such a difference. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I kind of like keeping it, um, just because I feel like all these rules are going to, are geared toward offense. And this is one that helps the defense. And I, I like defense. I like to keep it in the game. So, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a huge thing. And, and, and there's areas on the field where you just simply can't make mistakes, like that again, you can take a sack that sometimes it's not a big deal, or other times it takes you out of field goal range, and now suddenly you're the Atlanta Falcons and you can't win the Super Bowl anymore. Like it just comes down to mistakes. And I like how you mentioned most of the rules are geared towards making offense a wide open, fun, fast, free going through it. This doesn't really create much of an advantage for the defense. They can't like use this rule to to ruin the offense's chances at scoring touchdowns, but it gives them that last hope, like swinging to punch the ball out, or if they're stretching for it, you can punish that action a little bit. Like obviously Chad Henney got punished when he tried to force the ball downfield. When you try to force things in those high pressure areas or windows, there has to be some risk for reward. Cause it's not like they have to do so. He doesn't have to fully establish if he gets the nose over before he fumbles, he gets a touchdown. Like there's huge reward for it. Why would there be no risk? Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Uh, basically, I like it, you know, if my team's on defense. If a team rooting for it is on offense, then I don't like it. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really doesn't happen often at all. It can't be a rule. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Messing with stuff. It's, and it, and it kind of fits out nice. Uh, how they came up with that. Like you said, it's kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but they did like, it's, it's a big deal to fumble there. Uh, and you know, let's keep it pro football. Joe yeah. says we keep it. Yeah. Um, and then finally just the, the, the last play, the fourth and inches. I mean, that was, that was so great. Uh, Tony Romo just freaking lost his mind. Uh, you know, Andy Reid didn't, I, I was like, you know, what what is Andy Reid doing? Like, this, why why if you're going to try to draw the offense, the defense off sides, why aren't you coming out under center? Uh, and like, why don't you like try to act like you're at least a little bit try to act like you're running a play? They weren't acting like it at all, and then they run it and and throw the pass to Tyree Kill for first down, and win the game. It, it was awesome. Is so fast that he was open. He really is ran back to the ball behind the line of scrimmage to catch it and still got five yards on the play and laid down 
before like, anybody <laughs> else moved. It's like, yeah, that's why they went for it. Like if Tyreek Hill was sitting out with a pulled hamstring, they'd punt that ball. The Chargers, <laughs> but they were so confident in that play. And what's cool, I think I heard a, a quote from Andy Reid, like they were talking about that decision for McCallit, and they kind of had that on third down. They're like, hey, there's potential that we get 10, you know, 10, 11 yards on this play. I'm sure they didn't think it'd be Chad Henning running for it, but they're like, hey, we're calling this pass play. There's a chance we get a fourth and manageable. Like, do we want to go for it? And they kind of had that ready to go in mind. And so they can get up to the line. They can have the play ready to go. And if they hate the look, for one reason or another, they can they can change out of it. Like they're not stuck to it. And I think there's such a skill. Like you know, Alex, when you and I play ping pong, we play like true champions where you have to get zero warning if you're serving. You just go <laughs> out of nowhere. Oh, you forgot it was my serve. We switched over. Boom, you, you lost a point. Like that surprise factor can be so huge for the offense and just being up there, like everyone's like, Oh, they're not gonna snap it, they're just gonna try and get them off sides. Or, and so you gain that half step. If they're not yeah. ready to jump off the ball or they just even think you're not going to, especially if you don't wait till one second, like you snap it at six, seven, eight seconds, like a random time. Like it's a risk of course, but you give yourself the best chance to maximize that risk. And like when people could snap the ball at the end of like the third quarter, I think someone did that a week or two ago. I'm forgetting the game, but it was like 10 seconds left in the third and you completely expected them to, you know, just get up to the line and then go to the fourth quarter, but they ended up snapping it and got like a nice, nice play. I can't remember the exact yardage, but it was a very positive play for the team. I think in part because the defense just simply wasn't ready, wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's nice to mix things up every once in a while. You know, sometimes team like there's so often when teams just come out there on fourth and one and you just know they're not going to not going to run a play and it's like, God, you're wasting everybody's time. Even though sometimes they do just get teams to jump. It's happened a couple of times in the playoffs. Um, but the viewers is, are all just kind of exasperated by it. So it's nice to see a, see a team like the Chiefs uh, kind of mix it up. Do it right. And if I was Andy Reid, I would just eat a cheeseburger in every single postgame conference. Just, you know, enjoy. <laughs> just, just, get to, just get to treat yourself there a little bit. <laughs> Why would you be Andy Reid? I'd do it anyway. That's true. Yeah, I'm just, I might do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had five guys earlier today. It was it was delicious. That sounds really really freaking good, right about now. Well, something that doesn't five guys, sound- five guys, you could you should sponsor us. They really should. Yeah, we'll do that for. I mean, quite honestly, we'll do it for a cheap sponsor, just unlimited cheeseburgers. That that's not cheap, but yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be cheap. That's a joke. But they don't know that yet. I'll wait till they sign the contract. <laughs> but so, yeah, someone that has a worse deal uh, for them is Deshaun Watson stuck on this Houston Texans team, which, I mean, they have players apologizing to him. They have fans about to organize, like, marches, like liberation marches to help Deshaun Watson here in in Houston. It it is crazy. He is wanting help. He has no trust in the organization uh, based on all of their previous actions. Uh, What a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, not a great time for uh, to be a, a Houston sports fan. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I don't blame them for you know, organizing these marches. I would, if I was a Houston Texans fan, I would do whatever I can to try to keep Deshaun Watson in town. Uh, you know, he's tweeting, he's like, "Hey guys, COVID's a thing. Don't do this." <laughs> um, but. You know, I I can imagine you know not wanting to lose your franchise quarterback, who's like 
one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, only 25 years old. Uh, it's kind of like there's no – this has never happened before a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, you know, switching teams uh, without some sort of like major injury or something like that. Um, like the closest thing I can think of is like Jay Cutler being traded. <laughs> uh, not not wasn't quite as good as Deshaun Watson. Uh, definitely not. It, it is just insane. I mean, if he were to play for, say, you know, the Lions, uh, he wouldn't even make anything known. He would just be retired right now. And you know, <laughs> so I had a fun, fun career. I know I'm one of the all-time greats, but let's just hang it up. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess it could be worse, or maybe it's worse to see your player not retired and go win a Super Bowl for another team. That could be pretty bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this. I, I think there's still a chance he could stay. Um, I think we're kind of in the heat of everything. I think the Texans would be smart to try to do everything they can possibly do to try to keep him. Um, and, you know, they've got some time to you know, maybe let things cool down. I know he likes Eric Bieniemy, so if they hire him, then maybe that helps get Deshaun Watson to stay. You know, we'll see that, you know, if it's Bieniemy or whoever. Uh, they can, you know, try to work with Sean Watson, talk to him, make him feel good. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think there's still a good chance that he does stay. Um, but, I mean, things are definitely heating up right now. I, I would go to him and say, I promise never to trade one of the three best receivers in the NFL away from you. <laughs> sandwich again, I promise. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it'll be pretty, pretty funny if, you know, they – basically just trade Deshaun Watson to Miami for just all the picks they they gave Miami to get their own picks back. It's like you traded Deshaun Watson for Laramie Tunsil. That's that's good. Man. Yeah, they're going to end up just trading Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and being like, trust us, Deshaun. We're getting back our draft capital. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is some tough things. Uh, a few other changes around the league that are less dramatic. Uh, but should be interesting is Urban Meyer taking a shot here with the Jacksonville Jaguars, an attractive position. They've got some good pieces on the team as well as the first overall pick. Uh, Urban Meyer, do you think he's going to do it in the professional football league? Well, you know, he's basically got the same quality of players on the Jags that he did at Ohio State. Um, just the quality of competition has drastically increased. Um but yeah, I don't know. I guess Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you, know, you hope to increase the, you know, maybe pick up some free agents. Uh, you know, he knows how to recruit, so I guess that's yeah. something that could happen. I don't, I don't know. Recruiting you, is a lot different, of course, in the pro game. And, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, just and so we'll see. I mean, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, health wise is not a reason why he'd struggle. Of course, that uh, gave him a lot of issues at, with his time at Ohio State. So, Prayers that it's not a health issue that that makes it difficult, but uh, it'll be very interesting to see what he produces there with the the Jaguars. Uh, Another new signing is for the Jets. They got Robert Salah there from the 49ers. Uh, This was someone that had been rumored to many a teams, but now officially with the Jets. What do you think about this signing? Uh, I like it for the Jets. Uh, I think they needed, you know, a presence like Robert Salah was, uh, you know, a little bit more outgoing and, uh, more, you know, a bit better leader than maybe uh, their last coach. Uh, so, uh, I, and, you know, he's got a good defensive philosophy uh, and 
I think he's hired some some good coaches around him, which is uh, you know a big part of being a head coach too. So I I think hopefully it brings a culture change. It seems like well, players seem to really like Robert Sala, which uh, again not what you hear about the the last guy with their coach. So uh, yeah, I think they they've got some things to work with. Uh, whether you know I, I will see what happens with quarterback. Maybe it's. Justin Fields, uh, maybe they try to trade for Deshaun Watson. Who knows? Do you think we were too mean to Rex Ryan? Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I think uh, Rex Ryan. Uh, I mean, Rex Ryan had some good times with the Jets. Took him to two AFC Championship games. Yeah, good job by him. We didn't understand how impossible of a task that was at the time, but good job by him. <laughs> Uh, another guy with an interesting position to be put into is uh, Arthur Smith going to the Falcons. They got a lot of money tied up into people and no wins to show for it on their team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't I, the, the My biggest question, I like the, the hire. Um, I think it sounds like they're going to, you know, just run it back with Matt Ryan, that offense, Julio, Calvin Ridley, obviously got some offensive pieces, uh, the big question is, you know, who's going to do something about the defense? Because um, that has been a huge problem under Dan Quinn. Um, so I think they just need that defense to be uh, a little bit better. Um, and then they, they, I think their offense can get it together for sure. Yep, the tough division, but uh, I, I like, like you said, I think that's a good signing for them. And, and now to the luckiest man on the earth who is going to the greatest organization to get uh, to exist, Dan Campbell, the number one coaching prospect in the offseason, of course, gets the rightful job to coach the wonderful Detroit Lions. He's got big shoes to fill. Big <laughs> shoes to fill. Uh, do you think he'll be able to do it? Uh, I, I would hope so. Um, you know, it's uh, he's you know had to take over for uh, Joe Philbin when uh, when he got was it was Joe Philbin then he took I believe it was that's when he was it was after Joe Philbin that got fired that he was the interim coach of the Dolphins, um, but yeah I thought this was a, a little bit of a surprise I hadn't heard too much hype around Dan Campbell uh, prior to this uh, but I don't know it's he's not like a you know, an offensive, he's not really like a, a big schemer. So that that's, he's more of just kind of like your overseer head coach, like a Mike Tomlin or even like a John Harbaugh. And maybe, maybe it's, he's as good as those guys, who knows? Uh, but also, you know, you're going to want him to hire some good offensive and defensive coordinators. Well, as long as he's not a fake Belichick, that'd be a good start. Um, but looking at him, he it looks like he's actually got his defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn. Do you know who he is? Uh, I don't. The Saints secondary coach. So he tried to become the Patriots. Didn't work out for us. Now if we become the Saints, it's going to work out for us. Very yeah. Good. We have their assistant head coach and their secondary coach as our uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, well, their, their defense was good at least. So Yeah, so – and our defense was not, and our secondary was definitely not. So if you can get Jeff Okuda to play football, that'd be great. Make him look like a top, you know, just make him look like a first round corner. Make if he could be Jalen Ramsey, we're fine. That'd be that'd be that'd be cool. That'd be okay with me. Uh, but 
it'll be interesting to see. It's of course unfortunate. I mean, I, I think Daryl Beverell did a great job for the Lions, and our offense was really humming. And I think he did a nice job being um, the interim head coach. I'm sure he's a little disappointed to to not get a chance at it. It's no real surprise that he he didn't. Uh, but I would just love for our offense to not take a step back from where it was. Yeah, that'd probably be good. Uh, hopefully, this uh, your head coach doesn't go down again and wins like you did from your uh, your last head coaching change. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's tough. And of course, the Lions are in an interesting position with their new GM as well of figuring out what do they want to do as a franchise. Do they want to retool and compete? Or do they just want to kind of blow it up and be a mockery? Um, <laughs> I, I have complete faith they'd rebuild well. Um, yeah. Jokes. Let's talk about teams that don't need to rebuild because they're good at football and win games. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, sorry, I realized I forgot to put one uh, head coaching hire on the rundown. Uh, Brandon Staley to the Chargers. Um, so, yeah, I forgot to put that, but. I uh, just wanted to mention it uh, just because it did kind of remind me of the Matt Patricia hiring because the Rams just kind of got rocked on defense and then immediately uh, their defense coordinator is hired as uh, head coach. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But no, I I mean, I don't think, you know, it's not necessarily just the same, same thing's going to happen. I mean, the Rams were a very good defense. Um, you know, it helps, you know, having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but yeah, I'm sure he can replicate that. Sean McVay, while I'm sure he does a, a good job of helping organize the whole team as a front, is not the defensive guy. In the Matt Patricia's case, Bill Belichick was the defensive guy. And Matt Patricia just got to, you know, be a part of that and, and work really hard. And obviously he's smarter than I am when it comes to many things, just was not a great head coach for the Lions. Uh, but I think it'll work out all right for the um, Chargers. If I'm correct, they get to keep their offensive staff that they had. Uh, which seemed to really work with Herbert, and, and it should be fun. So hopefully they get a little bit better of a, uh, you know, management of the game there and not uh, blow as many games as they could. But, uh, yeah, not not too bad. All right, let's give a, a peek here to the uh, – uh, let's go with the NFC Championship game here first. Of course, we have Green Bay getting the chance to host uh, in Lambeau. It's probably going to be cold, some fans there, maybe some snow, who knows. Uh, Tom Brady – he, has he adjusted too much to Florida, or do you think he'll actually be able to go into the cold and uh, get to his 10th Super Bowl? <laughs> has has he won any cold weather games before in the playoffs? I don't I don't think so. It's probably his first. He should just tuck the football. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't think it'll be I, – I don't expect that to be a huge factor in the game. Um I think the the Bucks. I think the Bucks match up pretty well against the Packers. My biggest concern is if they'll be able to get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I think that's been the the toughest thing to do all season against the Packers, and that's what they do best is just uh, protect Aaron Rodgers and give him all day to just pick apart defense. So I think that's the biggest challenge for the Bucks. Um, but I think their offense can keep up. I mean, it's played pretty well here down the stretch. Um, I know it kind of wrecked our two teams. So, oh, I mean, they, it was about it was a back and forth with the Lions. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just their fists back and forth across our face for 60 minutes. It's great. 
Yeah, it was like they went down and scored and then went down and scored again. I, did, did the Lions actually get the ball in that game? I, <laughs> I think the rest just screwed up and just gave it right back to the, the Bucks. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, I almost, I almost lost a flag football game when I was coaching because the ref gave the other team that scored a touchdown the ball back. And I said, what? What game are we playing? <laughs> that was a, that's a story for another day. But I don't think that will happen in professional Hopefully. Probably not. You never know. Regular replacement reps, it might. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I do think this is just going to be a really fun game. Of course, you get the matchup of these uh, these greats. Uh, I mean, you look at the a uh, the AFC. You get the young bucks going at it, unless Chad Henney plays, who is still younger than both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Uh, but uh, and then in this matchup, you get these guys that have been there, that have done that, that have done just some incredibly phenomenal teams. Uh, and we'll get to battle it out. And there should just be a lot of good offense to watch. I mean, the cold may bring a few things down, and we'll see if if Tampa Bay is able to control Green Bay, not let them get a running game going and get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers there. And then, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay just has so many weapon, weapons if they're able to con- continue to spread the ball around. Gronk has been looking more like himself uh, just in terms of, I mean, blocking for one. He's just been a monster if you watch him there and, uh, I, I feel like they're going to have a couple plays where he's going to – you're going to see a Gronk highlight or two in this game. I just have a have a good feeling for Gronk going into that one. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks just have so many weapons. And, you know, really their three receivers didn't even do anything last week. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Tony Brown, like, were silent in that Saints game, and they still put up 30 and 1. I mean, obviously the turnovers were a big part of that. Um but, you know, they were throwing passes to Cameron Brait and Leonard Fournette and yeah. Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. I mean, the, these guys were leading the offense here. Um, they still, still uh, you know, were able to move the ball. Um, and that was against a really good Saints defense. So I, I think it's it's tough to stop this Bucks offense right now. Obviously, the Packers offense is very hard to stop, too. So I think this could be a bit of a shootout. Yeah. Should be fun. And then the other side, we also hope for another exciting offensive game between two uh, very high potent offenses that are able to put up points in a hurry. Uh, Kansas City against Buffalo. Obviously, we don't know about Patrick Mahomes, probably won't know until later in the week. Uh, Truly hope that he plays just for the fun of the football game, that he's able to go out there and give it a real go. Not one of those fake things where he's out there injured and and messing, of course, with brain injuries. You want to make sure that uh, there's nothing really at risk there more than the usual risk of playing a game of football. Uh, but that that's a fun one. I mean, Buffalo, this is a real chance for them to make the Super Bowl. Like they have a real shot at it. Do you believe? Uh, for sure. I mean, especially if Chad Henney's out there, I mean, uh, but uh, I do, do you honestly believe that, you know, there's any chance Patrick Mahomes doesn't play in this game? Like I know they're saying like, uh, he has to pass concussion protocol. It's, you know, the standard protocol, it's not changing at all just because it's the AFC Championship and the Chiefs won. Like, I don't buy that for a second. Like, Patrick Mahomes desperately wants to play. The Chiefs desperately want to play. The NFL desperately wants to play because they want this game to be, you know, exciting and have high ratings, and they want they want viewers. So I, I just I just don't see a scenario where he doesn't play, assuming like he knows where he is and can – can think straight. If I know anything about the NFL, it's that they care about their players and they care about the way the public perceives 
their caring of the players and the way that they went through COVID-19 this year and how they would just make all these adjustments so that people were able to play in games and didn't just randomly make decisions at the last minute to move games and, and say, you know what, you don't have any quarterbacks, but play anyway. <laughs> uh, I now no, Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Like you said, sort <laughs> of his foot being off his body in case he still might play uh, or truly him having like a, a level of concussion that we'd wish upon nobody. Uh, he, he's going to play in this game and you just hope that he, he's able to give it that real go. They're able to protect him. And because uh, you, you, you want to continue to see the same Patrick Mahomes, the one that makes those good runs, extends plays, goes crazy, holds the ball and, and just chucks it 80 yards down the field. Like, don't want to lose that because he's playing a little hurt. Uh, and right. it's, it's, a, it's a weird game. That'd be, that'd be fun for nobody, but it, it is going to be some good football coming up this weekend. Uh, it, it's just, I mean, the final four, I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, and then after that, you get really excited for the Super Bowl, but also start getting really sad, realizing it's already the Super Bowl, but we're not there yet. We're staying positive football. <laughs> like, keep going. Yep. And then we're like, Oh yeah. And what do we do now? We're still, stuck inside and uh don't have football to watch and yeah life's depressing but hey, yeah no football ps5 we'll talk about that yeah well i gotta get i gotta get an actual power cord for that but yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out here soon oh gosh well that'll be all right oh good times uh shall we do overreactions before we close out I'm sure I should have thought of an overreaction. So if you have one, uh, why don't you start? Oh my gosh, you did not think of an overreaction, Alex. Last time we didn't do it, and you were telling me how you had the the best one out there. I um, did, but uh, oh, well, I well, I guess I, that wouldn't really be an overreaction now. But I, well, I guess I, it would be. I do have one. Uh, my overreaction is the best player on a playoff football team is their backup quarterback. You go back to last week, Jared Goff, backup quarterback, comes in. They win the football game. Kansas City's quarterback goes down. Chatty comes in, wins the football game. New Orleans can't get any offense going. They can't throw the ball anywhere. Jameis freaking Winston with the 58-yard bomb. Backup quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Seeing it now next week, I don't even know who backs up Josh Allen. But they better hope he's ready it's to Matt go. Barkley, dude. Matt Barkley, Chad, any showdown. Oh my, I don't know who's gonna win that, but backup quarterbacks. Again, who wants to see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? We want to see their backups go at it. This is why we pay for playoff football. I I like it. Um my overreaction is that Tom Brady is going to play till he is fifty three years old. Ten more years. Uh, I, I think he's got it in him. Um, I think he'll probably get like, you know, I, I think conservatively just like three more Super Bowls in that time period. So, yeah, it, it, the, the fact that he's one game away from making his 10th Super Bowl, uh, is, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, he's, so he's been, this is his 14th title game. He's been in the league 21 seasons, you know, his first year, he wasn't a starter, um, he had the one year where he tore his ACL. So basically 14 out of 19 seasons, he has made it to the conference championship game. And guess what? He's got Leonard Fournette on his team and he can actually say what Leonard Fournette said. Football is easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rodgers has made one Super Bowl. Yeah. 
Well, he's going to fight him to make another one. Is Aaron Rodgers going to get two or is Brady going to get ten? <laughs> Oh my gosh, gotta love football. That is a great time. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for this edition of the Pro Football Jokes Podcast. Always great to do a two-man show with you, Alex. Uh, we look forward to having these championship games uh, here this weekend. Hopefully everybody is together with their loved ones. 2021 is, is treating them right and they're ready for some fun football. Uh, again, we apologize to all Texans fans out there. We know you're going through some turmoil. Uh, just make some jokes and drink some Coke and you should be able to get through it. Make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be masked. Toughness.